0: Today is going to be another great episode of The Hang as I get to sit down with an award-winning uh, incredible saxophonist, a woodwind doubler, Alexa Tarantino, a um, good friend of mine that I've had now for several years, a uh, great mentoring figure and you know just doing incredible things if it's from de- designing someone's living room all the way to giving travel tips and to teaching and designing her own studio. and playing with tons of incredible musicians from the likes of Went marcellus to um the gill evans project to all of these various things you know being the founder of her own um summer jazz music camp and everything so go ahead take a listen it's going to be uh, a great podcast she goes over tons of interesting stuff and i'm sure there's something in here for everyone See, I'm joined today with Alexa Tarantino. Uh, I don't know. What is it now? Sax player, brand ambassador, uh, travel <laughs> connoisseur. I mean, what's what is going on? You seem like you've been flourishing in, in all of COVID.
1: Thanks, Alan. I miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I mean, COVID is crazy. It's totally weird, but I'm enjoying... Um, being able to like make my own schedule and be wherever, whenever, you know, I mean, wherever, meaning I guess my couch or, (laughs) or the kitchen or no, but I mean, I've been able to visit family because, because I'm from Connecticut. So I was able to, to see people for quite a while over the summer and all that. So it was nice.
0: Yeah. How did, um, I don't know. I think I was talking with Nick or somebody like, that's what amazed me the most about, you know, everyone kind of seemed to have like a lull. I feel when this first started, but you kind of just hit the ground running quickly, like quicker than everyone else I had seen. What, where did that come? I mean, you've always been extremely ambitious, I would say, you know, but how did you put all of that into action?
1: Um, well, I was on the road with Cecile when everything kind of hit, Um, so we had people on the road were talking about how some orchestras were starting to do virtual or empty performance hall streamed concerts. And so we had kind of all been like just talking about that. And so when I got back to New York, Steven also said like, Oh, people are starting to, people are going to have to do live streams and, and things like that. So we just got started really quickly. Like, I think it was March 12th or 13th. Um, That was our first Sunday night concert. And we were just using his MacBook and that was it. Um, And then eventually we invested in like mics and audio interface and all that stuff. And so, yeah, we've been, we took some, like a one month off, you know, in September, we were visiting family and things like that. So we kind of just chilled for a few weeks, but we've been going pretty much weekly throughout the whole thing
0: that's uh nuts because you're coming up on a year You're basically <laughs> just under a year you know
1: I know it's crazy it is crazy
0: yeah and it's it's just weird to to think because I'm sure for you guys like after you know you kind of figured out all the glitches or whatnot it's just it's super casual hey we're just gonna go play tunes like let's record it but I'm sure it did not seem that simple getting started and trying to figure it out at first you know
1: yeah totally it was kind of stressful now it's chill um and because we were like oh we'll have themed concerts and then we have sponsor levels and then make sure it's updated on the site and um graphics and and so like and obviously like Mora was doing is doing a lot of that stuff but still just like figuring out the idea of it and then trying to get it promoted and all this stuff we were we just didn't know what to do um but just like keep trying to put things out there and then I think we kind of hit a wall with that stuff and it was sort of like eh, whoever can join can join and we're not we're not like I guess super focused all week long on like trying to build the audience for that I feel like we kind of built the audience and now we've been busy with other recordings or our own recordings or teaching or whatever so that's kind of just like the mainstay weekly event we're not necessarily promoting it a ton I mean we could be doing more for sure but I think we're cool with where it's at
0: Do you think that that's something uh, you'll continue once the world opens back up?
1: I think so. I mean, the people that keep joining, they're like regulars that have watched every single concert. Like we have one guy in Canada, his name is Gordon and he has watched every single concert and he keeps a log of like all the tunes that we play. It's so cute. That's awesome. So awesome. Um, So we have a really awesome community on there and I think we will keep it going, maybe not weekly, but um, at least we'll try to connect with them somehow. And yeah, it's just nice to not have to get out of your slippers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you do the live stream show going on a year now. You wrote a book, uh, a method book Mm -hmm. that came out, Mm -hmm. the blogs with all the travel stuff. And now there's uh, the Alexa approach that you're working on. Yeah. What's uh when does it stop? When what's next? Like what's going on? Can you just slow down so that the rest of everyone else can catch up to some extent? <laughs>
1: oh my god. Um yeah, no, the funny thing is <laughs> well you, you know me really well, but the funny thing is like I feel like I've had definitely had big lulls. Like December and January, I feel like were my was my real kind of shit show months of the pandemic. I feel like you know, some people had it in the beginning. Yeah. some people had it in the summer but yeah december and january was just not pretty for me so like i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like <laughs> i've just been going like the energizer bunny the whole time but um the funny thing is like yeah i guess i've been working in like weird weekly phases you know, i 'll have a really productive week and then it feels like the next week i'm kind of just like slow but right. then the next week i'm back on so it's, it's interesting that seems to be like kind of where i'm at um But I've had these goals of projects to put out um, for a while and everything's kind of like stemming off of the Alexa approach, which is this membership style platform, which basically as soon as all this stuff hit, I actually started uh, a membership like workout style platform like for my own fitness. I joined one of those like influencers that has one and I was like, wait a second, like there should totally be this for for jazz or music. So um. That was like, I guess, in March, and I think normally I would have moved faster to make it happen. And I'm a little bit kicking myself because it seems like everybody's starting to put these types of things out, but I'm like, it is what it is. So, um, the book and you know, random Instagram initiatives, all that stuff is just kind of playing into trying to build a bigger audience that would be interested in the program.
0: Okay, and so it's essentially all jazz focus like like a private studio i guess if you will like large scale
1: yeah the idea is like um so i i like teaching privately but i don't want my whole week to be like filled up with it um because it just is too much so i the idea is that like people can get the idea of studying with me but on their own time And then, so, so the idea is like all my general exercises and like lessons and warmups, there'll be videos from like five minutes to maybe like, you know, 45 minutes, five minutes to 50 minutes, something like that on various different things. So if you are on there and you have like 15 minutes one day, you could pick a 15 minute exercise. But if you wanted something way more in depth and you were trying to work on your vocabulary or whatever, you could click the vocab section and pick, you know, a length video that works for you, something you're interested in, something that you want to work on. So it's very self-guided, like for the learner. Um, and the idea is that we have a monthly hang, like a, you know, so so you get that one-on-one contact, but it's um, not as rigid or expensive for the learner to do yeah. weekly one-on-one contact. And then um, the people who are in it do get like priority access to booking the regular lessons and stuff.
0: That's cool. Have you, um, so, okay. I'm, I'm kind of curious with everything going on, you know, you said December, January, we'll just write off as, you know, Riku. <laughs> but all this stuff, I, I guess I would mostly group a lot of this into like logistical, you know, business things at the end of the day. It, like how mm-hmm. is your creative side? gone through all this have you taken a hit there like was it tough to motivate like like practicing and writing and stuff like that or, or how has that you know i mean i guess like steven you guys can always bounce stuff off of each other but how has that kind of gone
1: yeah it's not gone well um <laughs> i'll be like totally honest <laughs> like uh, it's not gone well i mean it's, it's basically all about the business stuff right now, which I think is just par for the course in my mind. Like I'm a very entrepreneurial thinker. And so for me, I'm just trying to view, I'm trying to not be mean to myself about the fact that I'm not being, feeling creative enough. I'm just trying to be like, okay, this is a really weird moment in time. And like, this will be like my office hours, you know? And then once we get out of this, it's just going to be, I can go back to feeling like a, you know, creative person. I mean, I'm trying to stay creative, but I have no motivation to practice. Sometimes I think about it. Sometimes I do it. Um, you know, sometimes I listen to a record. Sometimes I will write something down, but for the most part, I haven't been really doing much creative. This stuff actually is like feeling very creative to me right now. Right. Because it's like trying to create something new. Mm -hmm. Um, and the goal is like I kind of want to just create a different lifestyle for myself. Like I don't really want to necessarily go back to my old lifestyle. I mean, I I do, but I don't want to be like burning the candle at both ends all the yeah, time. Be more like,
0: selective of what you got to do. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. So, um, and I don't want to be stuck in terms of like a rigid weekly schedule either. I want to be pretty like you know. Fluid. like i could just go to florence or something for a week if i wanted to <laughs> yeah. you sound like, so, uh,
0: did you read that book the four-hour work week
1: y- well okay yes i read like half of it and then i kind of lost track
0: yeah, nick but just yeah said i'm obsessed me. with it yeah
1: oh he me. did yeah that's where yeah. i got it from is nick um but yeah you asked about the creative i did write a suite i did write music for a record so Positone like had gave me the opportunity to 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 record in COVID, so I made that happen, and so that was like the summer that I was prepping, and so that okay, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't be lying. That was creative. That was like writing music. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I um, didn't do anything. I just wrote a suite. It's cool.
1: And so that was the most creative thing. And so now I'm working on applying for grants to present that suite as like an interdisciplinary project where it'll be like. Um, I present like with the band, we play the music, but then I'm going to have photographs. Um, Actually, I have an aunt and and a cousin who are like really, really great photographers. Um, And so I'm going to be like showcasing that. And then I have like a, like a essay that I wrote about the theme. So I'll be like speaking and then there'll be like art and then music.
0: Man, that's, oh, that's cool. not creative right is that creative no. oh i don't my know gosh it's like most people are out here like i'm banging my head against the wall to write a 32 bar f- form head and like oh man i wrote a suite and like i got pictures with it and like an essay and like this whole thing like that's killing
1: so that's i think what's giving me the creative inspiration even if i'm not working on it every day i'm like excited because i feel like that's the first time that i've thought of like a large scale like creative it feels creative you know sure. it's not just like oh let me just go book a quartet gig it's like it feels it feels like you're bringing in all the emotions
0: have you um like reflected at all upon it like I guess I think a lot of people thought of um like when this hit and they realized the lack of interaction with others was stunting their creativity have you mm. thought at all about how um you can provoke that yourself, like without needing the necessity of like, oh, I have this rehearsal I got to go to with some, you know what I mean? Well, like mm-hmm. you're forced into to a creative position because of them, but how can you get into a lifestyle where you are, you know, self-sufficient to a degree uh, upon that kind of way?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to write things down. I do like a lot of like like this is what I have on my desk. Actually, this is not a this is not a video interview, but this is like my web of yeah, of yeah, like yeah. my goals. Like performance, composer, coaching, recording, educator, community, author, I'm trying to write a children's book out here. <laughs> um <laughs> so I don't know. I think like I get, I actually get a lot of inspiration just from seeing what other people are doing in other fields and like trying to convert it to our field, like that fitness thing Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Like I'm, I'm actually really inspired, like looking at people's businesses and lifestyles. And so that's helping me to like inspire me to create different projects and platforms that I feel like are different because I don't really like to do what everybody else is doing. Um, And in terms of creative inspiration, I guess, like, books, like, books and, like, TV and movies, I feel like that's where I've been getting, like, themes lately.
0: Hey, that's a great way to justify, like, a Netflix (laughs) binge-watching. I'm here for it. It's so so true. Like, what do you think, I guess, grand scheme? Are things going to be different when we get out of this? Because, like, I feel like the music industry is just – changing to some degree. I mean, we're seeing venues closing. Everyone's going to be, you know, going for all the gigs, you know, like what are your, what are your concerns when this all ends?
1: Yeah. I guess my concern is that, um, I don't want people to like snap right back to what was happening before. Um, but I do think that it will bounce back for sure. Like New York will bounce back for sure. Um, but I guess my concern is like, people being so hungry to go play that they'll take anything and that eventually will drive down the contract terms or the salaries the fees of yeah. of what we all get paid um for yeah so yeah. i think that's like my concern is like is that like you know people wanted people need to be playing you know i don't blame anyone for taking, you know, like the $75 or whatever gig, all that stuff is, those are some of the best gigs ever. Um, But I guess my concern would be that everybody's going to be going like at a mad rush um, and kind of taking whatever comes. So that's one concern. But I mean, I guess the other concern is that there won't be places to play, but I think that the places will bounce back. Anybody that closed will maybe kind of be reborn. And I think my vibe is like, I want to try to be just, yeah, have a little bit of more of a well-rounded approach and not be like solely dependent on performances, but really be able to like put 110% into the performances with like a creative or producing aspect behind it.
0: Does it feel um, weird to be thinking of it on that kind of a level at, a young age, you know, cause it's not like, I feel like those are the things that the people that are giving that type of advice are always like much older generations. They're like, man, I wish I thought of it like this when mm-hmm. I was younger, you know, but you're already, I mean, when did you start the Rockport camp? Like at 19, like that mm-hmm. was, it's just that you just always have seemed to have like this sort of attitude where like there's large projects and at a young age, like you just get it done. You know, like, what what is, how do you maintain like the longevity of that type of a scope and not get burnt out?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I've definitely have felt burnt out in terms of the Rockport thing, because it would just take up so much time and energy throughout the year. And then it would all be gone in the course of two weeks. And, And I think, you know, a lot of people don't, it's hard when you're kind of like doing all this stuff, you know on the inside and not, you know, people don't necessarily see what it, what it might take to make something like that happen. Um, And so then it's it's hard when you have something that like that, that feels like it's your baby. You're like constantly like trying to, you're pitching it to people and you're like trying to get people as excited about it as you are. And then nobody's going to be as excited about it as you are. So then it's kind of disappointing when that happens, you know, but I think that the, like the key for that is like the community aspect and like changing, you know, people's, lives and like families lives and students lives by like giving them a positive experience and an educational experience and inspirational experience so that's like really what I that's like the end game for me like the little like spark of light with everything so um basically that's what I'm trying to do with all of this stuff like whether it's like the membership program whether it's like the suite or whatever it's like the goal is like to make people happy um So if somebody was like, oh, can you be, can you, you know, put on this concert series or something? Can you, can you program a concert series? I would be like, yeah, that's awesome. Because even though it's not necessarily me playing saxophone, it's like still reaches that end goal for me.
0: Right.
1: So that's, that's what I try to think of in terms of like, I actually feel really lucky because I'm like, well, I love playing saxophone and I would, I actually really want to perform primarily, um, like in those really awesome settings that like kick my butt and everything. But um, I feel really lucky because if I think about it that way, like with the end goal of just like making people happy um, and like being positive or whatever, um, then there are so many opportunities. There are so many different ways that I can achieve that. Like, it's not just stuck in performance. It's not just stuck in education, you know?
0: Do you have any, um, I guess, like general or like organization tips for it? Because I think it's with a lot of cases like this, so many people, for example, started off with COVID with the goal of like digital content and getting stuff out there, but then they just went, you know, thousand miles an hour and didn't have that longevity to it. So how do you go back and make sure that you are progressing with these larger projects or, you know, your checkpoints or whatnot? Like how do you structure that?
1: Yeah, I basically have like a, like I showed I showed you like this web of goals and yeah. um you said this is supposed to be a hang so if we've got some background noise here no, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> do you want to write down this timestamp, or do we just no, no, keep no, powering through <laughs> cool. okay it's okay casual. it's chill yay um put some background noise put some tunes on right now <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I like I it over it yeah exactly do re mi fa <laughs> um So in terms of the checkpoints, yeah, I basically like if I come up with an idea, I always write it down and I have like a binder of all my different ideas, like maybe I'll do them, maybe I won't. But when I have one that I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this, um, then I, uh, I make like a list of everything that needs to get all the different steps that would need to be taken. And then I'll kind of break them down even more into like small digestible things and uh sort of set like a timeline like okay this might take two weeks this might take a week whatever and just take a look at it and then kind of mark it out block it out into phases um and just try to plug it into my calendar from there um so that's kind of how it happens it's very I guess systematic
0: I mean that's cool though it doesn't have to be you know bullet pointed and just drawn up like some master schematic or whatever you know just got to figure out what's <laughs> effective for you you know Mm-hmm. Does this feel more difficult or uh, Easier than like w- Making a record though Because I think for a lot of musicians that's like the penultimate You know thing That that they, they just put on some pedestal And it's you know so difficult so overwhelming Or whatnot. But then I'm assuming the second one felt easier Than the first The In terms of records like, Yeah like you making albums and like how that Compares to mm. you know, A different type of Project you know
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, with a project, like, a large-scale, like, entrepreneurial project, there's, it's more black and white. It's more concrete, like, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, and that's that. Um, It's just dependent on getting it done. The record, obviously, like, it's also sort of dependent on, like, inspiration striking and you actually being happy with what you wrote and being ready to put it out and having having the music in the shape that you want. So there's, it's like a lot more gray and a lot more fluid. Um, And
0: which do you prefer? I
1: I don't know, actually. I mean, I actually feel pretty lucky because like with positone, for example, I don't, I don't deal with a lot of the other stuff. Like basically what I do is I just decide on like a theme of what I kind of want and pull the tunes or write the tunes and pick the band. And then after that, you know, I, I might, decide like what I kind of want the look to be or the vibe in terms of like photos and media, but they, it's pretty much done from there. So I guess technically that's easier, but it's like a more vulnerable situation because it's like your musicality and you're playing. So, um, I think I am probably better suited towards like planning out the large scale entrepreneurial project. Um, like I'm just that type of a person. But I don't know. I mean, I think I'd always prefer to do, you know, something where I'm performing, so.
0: Do you think, uh, okay, here a question out of left field. You know, you're you saying like more entrepreneurial mindset, dig the black and white, you know, uh, writing, you know, figuring it out, having some more clear steps. When it comes down to being like that creativeness, was it ever a struggle for you to like, get into that mindset of like being vulnerable slash just like true to yourself. So that like, it seemed like a genuine message, whether that was through like playing or writing or, you know, whatever you want to go mm-hmm. through there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually feel like this is the first record where I'm, I feel like I was like fully honest about like what I wrote and I was just like, yep, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I want to do. But I feel like in previous records, it was like, Oh, I'm still, Not really sure how to write a tune. (laughs) I mean, they're all fully functioning tunes, but I feel like this particular project I'm really proud of because it's just like kind of raw, like, okay, I just, you know, put it down. Um, The other ones were, it was kind of, I was writing tunes, like, I guess for the sake of writing a tune, like, oh, I want to try this or I want to try this. But um, this particular thing, it's like there's a suite, so everything has like a purpose and a reason and a way to connect it. So I'm excited about that. and I think that's the direction that I kind of want to go in moving forward. Um, having like a greater theme above everything. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I feel a little bit more vulnerable about it. And actually we played the a little bit of the music in a live stream show last week and, um, but it felt really good. So I'm excited for it to come out and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Is that, um, like how did you find yourself like switching into that mindset? Cause I'm sure students like, you're going to have to share it with your students at some point too, you know, like how to reach almost like that extra, like, like that thing that you can't necessarily put your finger on, but like, you know, all the good people that we like to listen to have.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's almost,
0: it's almost, it is like that, like humility or like being genuine or or whatever you want to call it, like to their music or or their ideas or whatever.
1: Yeah. I think it's like, just being comfortable being yourself um not trying too hard not trying to be something that you're not I think it's just like you know when you come up with something maybe you can tweak it a little bit maybe you make a few changes but like that's what you came up with so that's what it is you know that's like your music and not like oh well so and so did this on their record like maybe I should try this um I guess it just feels a little bit more real when it's just kind of I guess I was writing these songs on a little bit of a deadline. And so I was kind of just like, well, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like, yeah, that will work. That works. And that will be fun to play over. That works. Like that's comfortable key. You know, it was just very like write it and then put it aside, like write it and put it. I wasn't like harping on every little thing. Right. Um, So it just kind of like, let it
0: be. So, you know, I guess branching off onto like being yourself, You know, what are you doing when you're not doing all this stuff? Like, I know that you have side hustles, whether it be like interior designing and like that stuff (laughs) interests you and and finding the the best packing cubes, you know, for travel or whatnot. But like, what are you, what are you doing (laughs) when it's not this, are you staying sane, you know?
1: Oh my God. I'm not, I'm not staying sane. (laughs) Um, well, I have become, let's see. Yeah, really into – I'm always into design and architecture, but I also, like, had a plant phase. I was really into plants and succulents this summer. I have, like, seven little cactuses, cacti here. Um, So I just, like, deal with that, I guess. And um, I – oh, I've been meditating. I meditate every day. Um, I basically have this routine that I do every morning because if I don't, I'm just going to go crazy. So I just – like I think, think to the universe about what I'm grateful for, because otherwise I could wake up cranky and that sets the whole day off. So I have to think positive first thing in the morning, right. meditate, vitamins, hot water, tea, call somebody I love. Um, I try to read a lot, but I don't, you know, read as much as I want to. But I've been studying Italian because I have this dream of living in Italy. So. Um I've been studying Italian and like watching TV shows in Italian when I'm work out and stuff like that. So I'm I'm just I'm using this as a time to go for the go for the dream and hopefully I can be fluent in Italian by the time this is over and maybe not like move there permanently but maybe be there for a few months out of the year or something.
0: That's uh nuts. I don't know like in a good way, not in a bad way. But that's just like awesome, <laughs> you know? Like Having those type of goals. So, what is something then that you want to learn next? That's not musical.
1: Hmm. Well, I want to go. I to, I don't. I mean, I meditate every day, but I don't. I'm not very. I don't feel like I'm very good at it. Which I guess they would say, like, oh, you. You don't have to say that you're not good at it. But, um, yeah, that's something I'd like to get a little bit more into. Is like. Wellness, perhaps. Um, just, yeah, like getting a little more zen. <laughs> you know me; I'm not very zen. Um, but you always so, try to be zen.
0: Like that was always was, something like in your mind to do. You know, how can you be more zen?
1: Yeah, be more. Yeah, be more chill. Yeah, I try. So that's what I want to get. I'm. I want to get more into that. Like I think it would be super cool to go to one of those retreats, like a meditation retreat. Um, and just like throw yourself into the deep end and have to be silent for like a week or something. Um, so that's not musical. Um, let's see. Yeah, reading. Um, I'm as I'm exploring this idea of like writing literature, like a children's book. I, I like have I've basically just wrote the story to a children's book that sort of stems off of the idea of the suite that I wrote. So I'm just like thinking about that. Um, yeah
0: that's cool though like man i gotta start more things how do you um you
1: started a podcast
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you know it's no it's no sweet or, or learning italian we're not speaking italian right now
1: but you always are writing
0: bits and pieces eight measures four measures here and there you know it's turning <laughs> into the rest of the six movements you know so Man, that's wild talking about writing a children's book. Where'd you want to do a children's book? Where? Yeah, like where, where did that come from?
1: I don't know. It just happened like last weekend or two weekends ago. I just sat down and did it.
0: Two weeks ago. You're just like, ah, I'm just going to write a book for kids. Here we go. The new I just had
1: an idea. I just had an idea.
0: Man, that's wild. How's the cooking going?
1: Um, oh, I made drunken noodles.
0: You made that?
1: I made them. I know you're surprised because you knew me and my... <laughs> My daily harvest subscription box days, um, but yeah, I did make drunken noodles this weekend for the Super Bowl, and I'm not—I cook not that often, like something big like this. This was a big ordeal. Um, my—I cook very minor meals. What's what have you been cooking? What's like the big? What was your Michelin star meal of COVID that you made?
0: Um, I bought a smoker. Yeah, I bought a smoker uh, uh, and was have been smoking meats.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, so that was my splurge. I bought uh, a smoker. I smoked pulled pork the other week, last weekend for like 10 nice. hours. Yeah, I'm trying to really embrace the Southern thing, you know? I think that's, that's where that's going. I mean, I've heard that's the New York thing is like no one cooks. They just all pick up food.
1: I know, it's true. Yeah. But in COVID, I think everybody probably had to
0: learn how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see like Uber Eats running around anything or anymore, you know,
1: especially Mm -hmm. the
0: Northeaster you guys had, and that's going to be a little, that's to be a little tough.
1: Yep. That's all good. It was fun. It felt like we were in a snow globe.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess that's when you like look out the window from going out, you know, no one's (laughs) making any trips anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's, it's really cool to hear about all the stuff that you're starting. I mean, I think we all catch a glimpse of it on Instagram, you know, and, and keeping up on the socials, but it seems <laughs> like, uh, you know, stuff's really happening. And I, cause I've known, you've been talking about that some of this stuff for like years too. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that you wanted to do and now they're finally happening to some degree, at least, you know, but they're happening.
1: Yeah. You're in the OG crew.
0: Yeah. The, the OG pink crew. <laughs>
1: um, But what are you up to?
0: Tell me more about what you're doing. Oh, man, I'm just, uh, I'm doing this. I'm talking to people, doing a lot of stuff with uh, with Nick at the label, you know, and just trying to practice, play better than I did yesterday, you know, write more than I did two days ago,
1: Mm -hmm. just
0: trying to, you know, move forward. It's really all you can do. Yeah. Have no expectations and then just be ready for the time that something comes up. You know, what else is there? Yes. It's, it's like that old idiom they always say is like, if you just take care of the music, supposedly it's going to take care of you. <laughs> exactly. You know, how do you, um, I guess that's an interesting question. So you're 27? 28. Okay. Okay. I was close. I'll take it. How you're close. About, you're close. How do you feel about the, like the whole mentorship thing? Because I think we're in a generation where it's like, it wasn't as prominent, you know, obviously as it used to be, um, but it's almost like th- your generation and like the generation right over it is working to try and make it back to what it was to some degree. Like, how do you think that that exists nowadays? Because you don't have mm. a spot for like to hire everyone to take on the road and mentor for X amount of, you know, there are no messengers anymore.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I think it's come back in like a smaller form. You know, I feel like you hear about people who are like, that was my mentor for like 10 years, you know, and like follow that person around to every gig and every hang and whatever. Um, But I feel like, I guess it's become a little bit more like academic, you know, like schools and programs have like literal mentorship things that might last like a semester or a year or whatever. So um, I think it's come back in that Form, which is a, which is good it's better than nothing um i mean i i loved i still have i have people who have been like really amazing mentors to me um you know that that are kind of more of that old school style relationship um and then i'm really happy to be able to participate as a mentor for different organizations and schools that I'm you know, affiliated with um, just to try to help somebody out, um, especially like mentoring young women, I find really meaningful just because a lot of people my age and older didn't have that experience. So I think it's really nice, you know, that it's been sort of brought to light and that there are programs and opportunities to link upcoming female musicians with people who are doing it um and then that will only help to propel it forward more so I like it I mean I wouldn't say I I mean I I still need my mentors so I don't know you know I wouldn't consider myself like of mentor status but I'm happy to be able to share my experience with people
0: do you how do you think it gets built upon now you know like what's what's next because like you say that it's not that you know I wasn't in miles davis's band for five years and recorded six albums you know but like how do you just get to that level almost where that you think that you're ready you know because i think it's really easy for a lot of people to get into that mindset of um you know why am i playing a show like you live in new york city why am i playing a show when down the street is is ted nash and like Mm -hmm. he can go Mm -hmm. you know and like i know obviously ted doesn't necessarily look down upon younger people you know but like we all look up to Ted, you mm-hmm. know, so how do you then look at that and be like, well, why should um, someone be coming to see me when they could be going to go see Ted down the road or going to go see, you know, print up down the road or Brad melt Mild- mm-hmm. insert the name of any great musician here, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is- I always, I think that all the time. Yeah. Um, I would rather go see somebody else, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I think that in terms of the people who are supporting the music, like audience and fans and donors and all that, I think they get like invested in an artist. And I think they want to get in on the ground level. Like, I think they get, I think it excites people to see what's coming next and see like the younger generation. And help you know if they have the means like help support them in whatever way that might be just attending shows or buying cds or whatever but from what i'm experiencing it seems like people of maybe like our parents age and older um you know they're like fans of jazz and they know maybe the classic records but then you know what people are doing now is obviously you know a little bit different it can be very different so the fact that they can like kind of witness that and then like witness somebody's career and kind of be invested in along for the ride, I think is like what is exciting to people. Um, so and then I think it also means that when you are the artist, you know, it's like your responsibility to bring your audience in and make them feel like a part of your world and, you know, f- express your gratitude to them and bring them along for the ride. Because like, I think that's what people want. I think people who are the supporters like they maybe are living the traditional like nine to five lifestyle and they like need a they need a like a release they need like a something to like make them feel things like i was saying so um i don't know i, I like to kind of bring my people in and make them feel like they're on team tarantino
0: team tarantino did we get shirts with that
1: yeah, oh yeah just <laughs> this week
0: yeah i heard about that what the merch how's that going I
1: I don't know. It was just fun. It was like something stupid. I was like, Oh, let me see what I can come up with to try to get the people excited for whenever things go back. So, um, Nick helped me out with a, a little bit of it, like figuring it out. Um, yeah, it's just fun. I'm just testing out a bunch of things. Who knows if they'll stick.
0: What's your f- favorite, like kind of merch? Like if you're going to buy merch from somebody, right. What kind of a merch are you going to get?
1: Ooh. Um, Well, I mean, I like to get the actual music, um, but maybe I actually don't mind, like, a t-shirt if it's, like, a nice, if it's, like, you know, a cool design, um, but do I even have any merch from people? Maybe, like, coasters? I wanted to look into coasters, but I haven't found anybody to make coasters for me yet, um. Or like, I want to do like a wine glass with a logo on it. I think that would be fun. Okay. I would, I would totally buy like Moonchild wine glasses or something like that.
0: That'd be sick.
1: I like Moonchild. That's, the bit, that's what I'm using as the example in my head of like, if I were going to buy somebody's merch, I would buy. Yeah, I would buy like beverage items.
0: Something that I can drink. Wine <laughs>
1: while listening of. to the music yeah
0: what's the last album you actually listen like in let's say cd like the last cd you actually played where you had to take it out of a case and put it in something
1: mm. well we have a record player here
0: okay well that's much easier all right
1: that's so yeah so we so um let's see the last record that was on actually i just bought john coltrane ballads record i love that record um CD? What did I open up for a CD? I don't even
0: know. I mean, hey, I'll accept like records, perfectly fine, <laughs> as long as it wasn't Spotify. Okay. You know, we're cool. <laughs> we're cool there. I mean, nothing against yeah. Spotify. You know, we all love Spotify. Spotify's great, but just saying, like, right? Know, I feel like we always want to buy records and CDs just because, like, that's what we do. But then we never actually, like, I have a bookshelf. I I can't tell you the last I time see. I actually listened to one of them. You know?
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's
0: a shame well look thanks you know so much for coming on it's great chatting and, and catching up or whatnot and i'll look out i guess for the wine glasses and as long as it can <laughs> hold an entire bottle that's the only thing that matters you know
1: but that'll be the allen the allen uh line
0: the allen line it that of size of a bottle is the allen line okay. <laughs> i
1: I'm love that it.
0: i'm loving it well thanks so much alexa yeah. you know and, and keep uh keep doing you